Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Q-tips. Written by Betty Adams. Everyone inhabiting Rough End Base knew that Thursdays were luxury days. Not every Thursday, mind. Usually every third. But if the nebula were tricky every fourth or fifth, the overworked Confederation supply ships rarely carried anything heavier than a data in excess of the strictly necessary food and mechanical supplies. No, it was the Cloud Runners who brought the isolated sentience the little pleasures that saw them through the cold, dark nights and scorching days of a planet that just barely qualified as habitable. One box for human Sharon, the Shatar free merchant said, holding up a roughly rectangle box wrapped in brown paper. At nearly two meters tall and covering her body in paint and semi-precious stones, the Alcar Shatar made a rather spectacular sight. The fact that there was no way to tell which of the ornaments was actually ornamental and which were weapons added a certain zest to the most illegal transactions. Yes, Michael Sharon, PhD Geology, crowed in the delight that he snatched up the package. About time. We brought it in good time, the Shatar said, his sprawl bristling with offense. Sharon grinned at him and patted a free merchant on what served as his shoulder. Sure thing, big guy, he assured the Shatar. There is no question. Your little ships are never the problem. This probably got bogged down at the post office in Fairbanks. The Shatar skin or outer membrane. Shatar's wasn't sure exactly what you'd call the smooth covering of the exoskeleton, cooled to a more reasonable shade of green. Or at least what was visible under the extensive body painting did. Big Guy dipped his antenna in curiosity, even as he finished sorting the unclaimed packages back into his satchel. Sharon knew that the free merchant had a few hours before his ship had to jump back into the nebula currents and was probably interested in the conversation. With a smile, Sharon began to carefully open the paper wrapping that covered his purchase. Big Guy clicked in interest as he tilted his head back and forth to get a better look at the tightly packed items. Q-tips, Sharon said, as he popped the package open and pulled out two. He handed one to the big guy and slipped the other one in his ear and continued to sigh. What are you using that for? Big guy asked in surprise. I was under the impression that human auditory canals were nearly as sensitive as our own. I'm cleaning out the wax build up in my ears, Sharon said with a grin. It's okay. Look, there are instructions on the box. Big guy reached over and took the offered package. He held it up in front of his eyes and rolled his head to analyze the human writing. It says it is for applying dermal paint, Big Guy said in surprise. He glanced at the one hand and he tested the soft tip of his fingers. He clicked in approval before turning back to the package. It also says that it is good for cleaning hard surfaces and optic sensors and applying medications to minor injuries. Big Guy's thrill suddenly stiffened in a show of surprise and he shot an annoyed and perplexed look at Sharon, who had taken a second cuter out of the other ear. 
And here, it is markably larger print. It specifically says that it is illegal, unsafe, and unsanitary to insert them into the ear canals. It says, in fact, that this behavior serves no purpose and causes damage. Does it now? Sharon drawled, giving the Q-tip a twist. The big guy stared at him through one incredulous eye for a moment before tossing the package back and walking away muttering something about humans. End of chapter. Story number two. Humans are weird omnivores. Written by Betty Adams. So, uh, you just eat, um, anything. The bread box-sized alien vocal cords were perhaps the closest to the humans as any of the speaking species that they had encountered. They tended to be quiet and pitched lower, but the one that Mac had dubbed threes had learned to shout early on and knew how to aim his words at the air. Well, not anything, Mac corrected as he tightened the bolts on the underside of the hover bike that he was working on. There are a lot of chemical compounds that are toxic in plants. Of course there are, Three said, exasperation tinting his voice. It does not serve the plant's ends for you to devour the photosynthesis surfaces. They pump all sorts of anti-predation compounds into their energy-rich biomass. Mac heard the rustling that was the undulate's version of footsteps, and the human couldn't resist the smile at the image of the giant caterpillar-like creature moving across the ground. Fortunately, a species that expressed this chosen collective name as a rippling motion along the dreadlock-like appendages that seemed to compose the entirety of their bodies that varied from individual to individual, as well as subculture to subculture, didn't mind getting named by other cultures they met. It is far safer to feed on simpler creatures that water is practically teeming with. Threes made his way up to Mac's chest, and Mac absently pushed him to the more comfortable position. Maybe safer, Mac agreed, and reached his hand deep into the guts of the machine. But not as convenient. Not much of a human population lives with enough water to make it a viable option. Threes clicked in distress and moved up Mac's chest to prod the gently at his chin with, uh, Mac assumed, and hoped it was his frontal appendages. But how... Three demanded. Mac grunted and gave a hand signal for needing more information. Apparently, human fingers were one of the best cross-species communication aids that the undulates had ever discovered. Humans like water, Threes explained his query. I know you don't live in it like we do, but... Uh, Mac assumed Threes was struggling and trying to communicate a complex undulate word position to someone who wasn't looking at him. You swim and, 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 and I think the closest word is wade, just like we do, and it is a valued exercise. Yep, we do love our bodies of water, Mac agreed as his hands finally found the loose nut that he'd been feeling around for. Firstly, I grew up near a glitch gummy and went swimming there as a kid. But not everyone is so fortunate, Threes pressed forward again and Mac shoved him down again. Keep down for a while, Threes. I gotta get this loose. But yeah, some humans can go their entire lives without seeing enough standing water to wade in, let alone grow enough biomass to feed on the population. Perhaps it is something to do with your fantastic biomass and nutrient needs, Three suggested, trying to keep his voice level. But Mac could see the undulate shivering in the clearly horrible thought of this desert living. Well, lots of folk even prefer it, Mac said with a grin. It certainly explains your dependence on being omnivorous, Threes speculated. Omnivory, 
Mac corrected absently. Threes was practicular about his language and likes to get it right. End of story. Story number three. Humans are weird. Illicit smuggling operation. Written by Betty Adams. I apologize for interrupting you, First Mother said, uncurling one antennae to get the attention of the Trisk on the other side of the hollow link. But could you repeat the accusation? Your subordinate has been running an illicit smuggling operation, Triskert repeated slowly and carefully. Second brother, First Mother said, her frill limp in shock. It is hard to believe, Triskert said with sympathy in a set of the eight legs, especially in such an experienced ecologist. He is always so careful about contamination, First Mother said, oscillating her head in confusion, and he knows the regulations so well. Has he given any defense for his actions? Eyes, Trisk stated. First Mother tilted her head to the side as she waited for the rest of the sentence. None came. Eyes, she asked, parting in the antenna in curiosity. The Trisk commander slumped. Perhaps you should view the recording yourself, he asked. First mother flicked her antenna in agreement and the hollow link dissolved and resolved into an image of a survey corps ranger, ecologist Stephen Price, second brother and to his friends. He was standing in a posture of forced openness humans displayed when they tried to convince another of a lack of danger in a situation that was clearly dangerous. In his hands he held a creature of slightly larger mass than the winged. And why, demanded the recorded voice of Tuskert, did you risk contamination, subvert protocol, and endanger your position on this world in order to smuggle this creature out to the other humans? They're harmless, second brother interjected. To first mother's shock, the Trisk actually interrupted the human. We have established that you do not have enough data to confirm that claim. Trisk nearly snapped. Why did you do it? The human seemed to struggle with an answer and then finally lifted the creature to the, the camera focused on its face. The eyes, second brother said in a deeply earnest tone. Look at those giant deep eyes. Oh, first mother drooped as the beginnings of understanding caused her frill to flutter in a mixture of sympathy and irritation. Do you have an explanation, Tuskert asked eagerly as the hollow link switched back to him. I suspect I do, she admitted it carefully. You see, when I was stationed with second brother, I was still only a first sister. The Trisk commander waved his gripping leg for her to continue. My homing instinct hit me in full strength cycles sooner than I expected, she went on. So second brother and I had many conversations about mating age and sexual development while I was waiting for transport to the garden my sisters had prepared for me, and he who would be the first father. Second brother told me many things about similar human instinct codes. I hesitate to make an absolute statement. She paused to gather her thoughts. But that creature, she said, displays significant neonatal signals by human standards, and I suspect that second brother may have been made susceptible to this by his, uh, I believe they call it a biological clock. End of story. Story number four. Humans are weird. Jump. Written by Betty Adams. Friend 47 clicks, Twistunder greeted the winged who was hunched over the communal pool. It's good to see you, huh? The winged raised his amber head and blinked as he focused his attention on the undulate. It is good to see you too, friend Twistunder. 
twist under swam leisurely up to the prominence where 47 clicks were staring over the surface of the pool. Twistunder felt a stirring of unease as he approached. He was not particularly good at reading the emotions of the flying mammals. However, the relative increase in falls and creases in the 47 clicks' spatial membrane would seem to indicate distress. Do you wish to talk about your emotions, friend 47 clicks? Twistunder asked. 47 clicks bared his teeth and squinted his eyes in the gesture that even Twistunder could see was frustration. I would rather talk about human madness, 47 clicks chirped out in anger. What did the humans do this time? Twistunder asked, genuinely curious. Not a human, 47 clicks corrected as he dipped the tip of his wing in the water. The human psychology as a whole. How so? Twistunder asked. I was out on a long-range scouting run, 47 clicks said with a sigh, slumping down onto the perch. We had a transport, but it was flat land only, so we had to go out and fly, or climb to explore. There was a human in your flight, Twistunder asked. Yes, a healthy young one, 47 clicks replied. So the expedition is going to just fine, but we get to a steep cliff where we needed to get out of the transport. I blew up. I needed to rest at the five times, and even the human needed to rest as he climbed up, but eventually we reached the crest. The winds were so strong that I followed protocol and attached myself to the human's neck harness. After we finished the formal survey, the human walked to the edge of the cliff and just, um, stared. What was he staring at? Twistunder asked. The emptiness of space, 47 clicks replied. That is all we can see at that distance, even with the superior eyesight. Then what happened? Twistunder pressed. The human's heart rate accelerated, 47 clicks said. His breathing increased. Something was stimulating him. But all he was looking at was the emptiness of space, Twistunder asked. Then he asked me, without making eye contact, if I ever got the urge to jump off cliffs too. 47 clicks said... Twistunder pondered this for a moment. That phrasing would imply that the human had an urge to jump off the cliff. Yes, 47 clicks hissed. Humans cannot fly, Twistunder continued. Of course not, with those ridiculously giant bodies, 47 clicks said. It would be a fatal leap from that height you describe, Twistunder said with rising horror. So I called off the mission and reported the human to a psychologist, 47 clicks explained. That seems uh, perfectly reasonable, Twistunder said. Forty-seven clicks threw himself down on the perch and hung his head over the water. He would think, Forty-seven clicks said, but apparently it was simply my ignorance that interfered with the mission. The urge to jump from fatal heights is a psychological standard in humans that I would have known about if I'd read the informational packet fully. Silence settled over the friends and Twistunder mused over this revelation. Having impulses that you do not act on is one of the defining elements of sapiens, Twistunder said slowly, but I have never heard of such an illogical example of this. Well, now you have, 47 clicks said with a sigh. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. 
I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.